Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, welcome back to Twins Fest 2024. How's everybody doing? Oh, we could be louder than that. Twins Fest 2024. Twins fans, what you got? All right, my name is Henry Lake with WCCO Radio, the uh, late night host for uh, The Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Happy to be with you guys here today at Twins Fest. And uh, let me introduce the Twins Hall of Famer, two-time World Series champion and radio broadcaster, Dan Gladden. Danny, how you doing? Everything's good. Enjoying this. Uh, I've always said that uh, Twins Fest and the caravan. Did you get to go out on the caravan? I'm going uh, oh, tomorrow through, through Tuesday. Okay. But uh, that's kind of the kickoff for spring training right around the corner. I think that, you know, the attendance that we have here, all the uniforms, you can just see that the excitement is here that uh, Twins uh, spring training is right around the corner. Yeah, no question. To me, in all the years I've worked for WCCO, this is the biggest crowd I've seen for Twins Fest. And joining us on the stage to kick it off with me and Dan Gladden is Matt Walner. Give it up for Matt Walner, everybody. Thank you. How you doing, Matt? Good. It's, it's so much fun to be here for us, so just happy to be here. Is the, the energy giving you energy and getting excited for the, uh, for the season to come? Absolutely. I mean, I was here last year, and the, the energy was great last year, but it's, uh, it's double, triple what it was last year just from the outside looking in. Take us a little bit through your, your progression here and coming up. You're from Minnesota, from the area here. That's right. And a lot of pressure. Uh, I remember when I came up with the Giants, I was from Cupertino uh, right down the road. And when I got called up, they kind of nicknamed me the Cupertino Kid. But one thing that happened was everybody came out of the woodwork that said they knew me and expected tickets. Did you experience that too? I know a lot more people than I thought I did, for sure. <laughs> I had my sixth grade teacher come out and say, hey, Danny, can I get some tickets? I said, hell no, you flunked me. You, know? <laughs> you tried to keep me back in sixth grade. Has there been a game yet where you have not had anybody ask you for tickets yet? Um, maybe a couple here and there, but, I mean, if, if nothing else, my mom and dad are, are here most every single game, and if not, a friend or two is, is coming along, so... Very few and far between where there's uh, no tickets given out. All right, speaking of mom and dad, one of the things that Twins fans love about you is the massive power that you have. Who do you attribute that power to, mom or dad? Which one? Who gets the credit? My mom's stronger than my dad. I have to give it to her. So <laughs> she's, she's impressive. I'll say that. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where that came from. Both my parents aren't maybe 5'3 and 6 foot, so I got... I drank a lot of milk, I guess, and I got lucky. So, Was there any other sports you like to play with the size you have? I mean, basketball, football? Yeah, I, I played football up until high school, and uh, I tried to play basketball, but I was uh, more the passing type. I didn't, I didn't like to put it in the hoop much, but um, I just played it for fun, honestly. And uh, I, I, I wish I would have played hockey looking back at it, but I could have been uh, – the enforcer maybe out there a little bit, but um, I played basketball throughout high school. It's funny because I grew up watching when I came here at the North Stars. Basil McCray was my favorite player. If you remember Basil McCray, he didn't skate up and down the ring. He went side to side looking to check somebody. And uh, Basil was one of my favorites. Got to meet him. He's the first guy that showed up. He had a Velcro jersey. So when they hooked up, 
that jersey came right <laughs> off. So they eliminated that rule right away. Do you remember who you hit your first home run off of? In, in the major leagues? Uh, yeah, Shane Bieber. It was in uh, my debut. So Shane Bieber in your debut. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because you became the 12th twin to homer in his first career major league game. That's amazing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, just my first at bat, I was didn't really matter where the first pitch was. I was swinging no matter what. And I think I grounded out to second. I said, okay, I didn't strike out on three pitches. My first at bat, and we're good from there. But, um, yeah, I just I think it was, it was my third at bat. So I was just trying to stay inside of his cutter. And I was fortunate to get one up in the air. And maybe the wind took it a little bit. Danny, but. do you remember your first home run? I do. It was uh, off a knuckleball pitcher, uh, Joe Necro who happened to be later in 87, a teammate of mine. And it wasn't a knuckleball. It was a 3-1 little slider that he threw. And uh, I remember going into the locker and grabbing Jack Clark's bat. He swung an M253, which is a real thin handle, real thin head. And he was not with us. He had had knee surgery. So I just kind of went in his locker, and I went, wow. So I hit my first home run with Jack Clark's bat, and I was so scared, knucklehead, I put it back after the game. But I did get the ball. I did get that ball, but it was Joe Necro was first home run. All right, so your favorite, I looked this up, your favorite non-baseball team is the Minnesota Vikings, right? Is that correct? Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Are you ready for anybody this weekend? I mean, we, we know the Vikings didn't make the postseason, but who you got this weekend? Um, I'm sorry for any Swifties out there, but I just I hope <laughs> the Chiefs lose. So. <laughs> I, I'm rooting against someone. So, <laughs> Who do you want to win? I don't care. As long as the Chiefs lose, I'm, I'm good from there. <laughs> All right, so your favorite non-baseball team is the Minnesota Vikings, but who was your favorite non-baseball athlete? Um, just growing up, but I don't think anybody captured just kind of like a gener- my generation, like Tiger Woods, so I'm, I'm kind of biased. I, I loved watching him and just growing up. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I love him. I'll never not like Tiger Woods, so he's, he's my favorite non-baseball athlete for sure. You know what, I, I think if you, you look at golf, you have to say Tiger Woods. I think if you look at hockey, kind of Basil McRae, of course, but I think Wayne Gretzky, uh, pretty good basketball. I think Michael Jordan uh, was one of those guys. So I, I just think that, you know, each sport has their elite players, and I think that uh, you try to gravitate to, uh, to those players, in particular how they go about their craft and how they work at it and uh, the success that they have. Baseball, Dan Gladden. No, my baseball was uh, Pete Rose. I grew up uh, watching him. Yes. I, just, I, I, I used to go to the ballpark, not so much a, a fan of a certain team. I just liked individuals, how they would go to their position uh, and how they would uh, play the game and hustle. And Pete Rose, he'd get a four-pitch walk, and he'd sprint down there. His uniform was always dirty. And I just liked his style of play. And I go, I'm going to play like that. All right, last thing for you, Matt. Um, in the clubhouse, what's been the best advice that you've gotten since you've been a Major League Baseball player, and who'd you get it from? Um, I think C4 is, is, you know, really a guy that are the young guys look up to and just kind of go to for certain questions like that. Um, I, it's going to kind kind of sound stupid, but just the best advice is it's just another game. You know, whether you're in AA, AAA, high school baseball, Major League Baseball, it's still the same game and just keep it simple. So, I mean, there's a lot more people in the stands, but just trying to keep it simple, and I think that kind of put it in perspective and, and made it a little bit easier for me. Danny, you, you know, won he, two championships. Any advice you got for Matt Walner? You know, uh, being a young player, you always lead up to the, 
to the veteran players. And, you know, like you said, I got the same advice. Hey, I just treat it as another game. But that's a crap. That It's not just an – it's my major league debut here, you know. And mine, I couldn't wait to get the at-bat over with because I was so nervous. And I just wanted to hurry up and get it over with and then be able to go in and kind of relax a little bit. But I just think that, you know, the veteran players, I had good players. I had Kuiper, Kruko, uh, guys like that, uh, teammates Chili Davis that, you know, could you could gravitate to, good game or bad game. You know, different today, we would sit around and talk and dissect the game afterwards. Today, I hate to say it, these guys take their bag lunch and they are out of that clubhouse in a hurry, whereas we would sit around and we would talk about the ball game and, you know, what we did good, what we did bad, and how can we improve on it. So uh, just a lot of the veteran players, I think, help out the younger players. Carlos Correa, one of the better veteran guys, because he's so well-rounded. But to me, the game comes easy to him, you know, whereas I had to scramble uh, to get out there and play and to be able to keep a job. But I think with certain guys, it comes a lot easier than others. Hey, Matt, congratulations on a great year last year. We're looking forward to your future, man. Thank you. Good luck this season. Matt Walner, everybody. All right, we'll take our first break. More Henry Lake, Dan Clyden, broadcasting live from Target Field. It is Twins Fest 2024. All right, welcome back to News Talk 830 WCCO, your radio home for Twins baseball. My name is Henry Lake alongside the Twins Hall of Famer and radio broadcaster Dan Gladden. Uh, joining us on the stage now, Brooks Lee and Corey Lewis. How you guys doing? Doing good. Thanks doing for really coming good. out here. Doing all right? Yeah, doing good. It's a little cold outside, but uh, we're not used to that, both from California. <laughs> You're not complaining about the cold, are you? I mean, it, this is not typically Minnesota <laughs> winters right here. It's been much colder. Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, I've, yeah, I've heard it's, it's pretty cold. <laughs> Are you ready for below zero? Well, were you here when it was super cold a couple of weeks ago? No, I was not. Oh, no. you weren't? Okay, okay so no complaining. Yet, no. no complaining allowed, guys. Uh, Brooks, let me start with you. Um, your father, Larry, was your coach at Cal Poly, right? That's right. All right, so the baseball thing is really in your blood because your family has ties to the, uh, the Giants organization, correct? Yeah, that's right. I was okay. drafted uh, in high school by the Giants also. But, yeah, baseball is in my blood. Uh, that's why I've got no plan B. So let's just try to be as good as I can at baseball. I mean, speaking of the Giants, I mean, Dan Gladden, he's got some ties to the Giants as well. That is. That's true. Okay. Yeah, I'm from that area. <laughs> hey, congratulations to both you guys. Great years last year, especially you pitcher of the year. Did any of you guys play for uh, Brian Dickelman? At some, I did. did. Me yeah. too. Was it last year? This, this past year, yeah. This past year, okay. Uh, we, we just did the caravan down there. Uh, he seemed pretty good manager. Uh, he's on top of his game, isn't he? Yeah, he's awesome. Okay. What, what do you attribute uh, your success to last year? Uh, mainly just using all my pitches, you know. Uh, obviously, the knuckleball is pretty unique, and uh, just throwing everything for strikes, I guess. Wh- who taught you the knuckleball? Kind of just myself when I was around 10, 11 years old, and uh, just kind of kept it through high school. They were okay with it, kept it through college, okay with it, and got here. And Give me the, the four knuckleball pitchers that you might uh, have heard of. That I have heard of? They pitch in the big leagues. R.A. Dickey, yeah. Stephen Wright, uh, Charlie Huff, Tim Wakefield, Mickey Janis was recent. Uh, and uh, Who did Danny Gladden hit his first home run off of? <laughs> Knuckleball pitcher. Necro. <laughs> hey, thank right. you. That's, That's a neat, unique pitch. Is it? Is a pitch that, you know, because 
as players, we would warm up everyday position players, and you might mess around with a pitch, yeah. a cutter, a little screwball or something. But that knuckleball, I just could not. Herbeck threw the, the, a good knuckleball, but you never wanted to play catch with him because you, you never knew where it'd go. But the, did you have to have a special catcher? Uh, not specifically a catcher, but I've uh, been lucky enough to actually get my own glove. So it's, uh, it's I don't know, like a 36-inch catcher glove. It's, it's massive. It's like Mega Mitt. Um, but, yeah, I have a, kind of an issue trying to find a good catch play partner because no one wants to play catch with me because i got to throw the knuckleball. How no often do you throw it. that pitch? In games, probably 15 20% of the time. Okay. So a little different than the traditional knuckleballer, but, yeah. Huh. Never could hit it. We always said, uh, TK would always say with knuckleball pitchers, uh, we'd always stand upright, more upright than, than down. We'd get on top of the plate because if he hits you with a knuckleball, you know, it's not going to hurt. So they always say if, it, if it's high, let it fly. If it's low, let it go. And I think that, you know, the Twins had some pretty good success against some of the knuckleball pitchers because of that approach. Yeah. Have you got to face him? I have. I actually, funny story. You bunted. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I faced him both years in college. He went to Santa Barbara. Uh, I went to Cal Poly, which is like an hour apart. And there, we were rivals. Cal Poly never came out on top. But, um, yeah, we played uh, Santa Barbara. They put four outfielders, or they had four outfielders against me. Um, he said it's the only time they've done that. And so I decided to try to bunt my way on the first base, and I bunted it right back to him. And that's how you start the game over one. Uh, <laughs> you remember that? I do remember that, yeah. And that's true. He's the only hitter that we ever did uh, four outfielders for. So throughout my whole college career. Cal Poly, you know Mike Kruko then. That's right. Yeah, he was, he was one of my mentors right. when I was a young player, you know. You gravitate, you know, we were talking, Walner was talking about uh, Carlos Correa, how he takes care of some of the young players. And Kruko was a guy that took me under his wing yeah. and uh, made sure I kind of went, went to the right places, uh, hung out with the right people in particular uh, after the game or, you know, when you can yeah. go out some of these t- cities and get in trouble. <laughs> you know, Brooks, 2022 first-round pick, a lot of expectations for you. Uh, in the offseason, where do you think you've improved the most? Uh, I think I've improved most hitting right-handed. Um, I think I struggled, me personally, I think I struggled a little bit um, just getting used to getting a lot of left-handed at-bats and then kind of being cold from the right side. So that, and then uh, just want to continue to work on bettering my strengths and my weaknesses. Um, but, I mean, I've had a lot of time in the off-season to work. I'm not a guy to take time off, and that's something that um, I'm proud of, but... I'm around the field all day, every day, so I, have, I don't have a choice, and my dad's a head coach, so I love being out there, and that's why baseball has been in my blood forever. What about you, Corey? Uh, my biggest uh, work of improvement over the offseason has probably just been throwing more strikes with my off-speeds. Um, that was a big focus um, before the season ended, so I would say uh, just kind of landing all my stuff, you know, so yeah. Have they talked to you about playing another position? Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. Just uh, a little bit, but you turned him off, right? Uh, no, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes, yeah, yeah. to crack well, you that You got Carlos up. Correa here playing shortstop. He's signed not bad. For, <laughs> signed for a few more years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, here's a player, <laughs> you know, you're looking up at well, how do I get to the big leagues, and, boy, a good one blocking you there. Yeah. And that's why I say, is there another position that, that maybe you could gravitate to? Yeah, I mean, I'm open to anything, and that's why I think – I consider myself a winning player. I just want to be on the field, try to help the team win, wherever that may be. If they want to put me behind the plate, I'll be behind the plate. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But, yeah, I've, I've, uh, 
you know, I practiced third, second, and short my whole life. Um, when I played in scrimmage games when I was really young at the college level, um, I would be like 16 and play against the college guys. My dad would stick me out at second base or third, so I got comfortable with it. And uh, I think that helps with just versatility when you do play shortstop, um, throwing from different angles and just attacking the ball from a different angle. You know, it's funny because we had Ed- Eduardo Escobar here, and he could play anywhere in the infield. But he always told me, he goes, I prefer the left side of the diamond. For some reason, he sees the ball a little bit better uh, when he's either short or third, whereas that second base reaction may be just a little bit. You feel the same way? Yeah, um, I like playing the left side, no doubt. Um, and I, I do like to show off the arm when I can. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, it's something that I've been used to. And even when I was a kid, I didn't play shortstop because uh, I originally was a catcher as a kid. But I would always play short uh, and practice it. And then eventually when I grew up a little bit and um, hit the growth sport, then uh, I filled out and I, I got to play short, and that's where I've been ever since. Well, guys, we, uh, we appreciate your time today here being at Twins Fest. Um, we know that this is a very talented organization. You guys are talented individuals, and we're happy to have you here. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank All you. Right, take care. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. Spring training coming down here. You're going to get some playing time. Uh, I would think the younger guys get a lot of playing time early. The veterans kind of ooze in about yeah. halfway through there. But looking forward to seeing you guys down there. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. Take care. That's Corey Lewis and Brooks Lee, everybody. All right, we'll take a quick break, come back. we got Bailey Ober and Ryan Jeffers coming up next here, Twins Fest 2024, on your radio home for Twins Baseball, News Talk 830-WCCO. All right, welcome back to Twins Fest 2024, Henry Lake and Dan Gladden here on News Talk 830-WCCO. And joining us on the stage now, Ryan Jeffers and Bailey Ober. Give it up, everybody. Give it up. <laughs> Bailey, Ryan, how you doing? We're doing good. Thanks for having us out here. Appreciate it. This year, the crowd's been off the charts. I think that the anticipation for this season is, this is the biggest crowd that I've seen for Twins Fest in the years that I've been at WCCO. Just your thoughts on the fans kind of coming out and supporting you guys this weekend. Yeah, you can feel the energy. You know, the, the halls are packed. Um, it's great. You know, we feel that energy in, in those postseason games, and we feel it now as the anticipation into 24. So it kind of gets us excited seeing everybody here and seeing you guys so excited, so excited. Yeah, I mean, it just just like what Ryan said, it, the energy makes us want to go out there even more. I mean, I know a lot of us are ready to get down the spring and get down to Florida and get all the team together and get some practices and then for sure be in front of you guys up here in April. It's going to be very exciting. I think the excitement started in the playoffs last year. Of course, you guys clinching your division, but then the, the Toronto series, it, you know, it's historically you know, we know what the playoff record was, but the two games that you guys beat Toronto to advance after that, that has to be a building block for going to the next season that you're not happy with just a division title. Yeah, definitely. And I, I felt, I felt the same way. Um, honestly, I, I felt like during the season, we, we expected to win in the postseason this year. That's kind of what we were feeling as a team. Um, and then obviously we ran into a little roadblock and it, it made us a little bit more hungry for next year. Um, and right away at, after that game, I, I, you could see in everyone's faces in the locker room, it was just, that we, we want to get out, get back out there and prove everyone uh, wrong and prove us right. Jeffers, you had a breakout year last year. Uh, also, I want to say you caught every playoff game. Was that surprising to you? And did they come to you and say, hey, here's our game plan. We're going with you th- th- with these playoffs. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's the, old, the hard work pays off. Um, at the end of the day, they, they came to me before the playoffs and said, 
said what was going to happen, told me, told me the, the plan, and you know, getting the honor to catch all those, those playoff games was awesome. It was a great feeling. Um, you, you play your whole career to kind of be in those games and, and play in that environment. So getting a chance to do that was awesome. You know, I want to piggyback off of what uh, Dan just said. You know, Ryan, you had a bounce back year last year. Your numbers were up across the board. Um, what was the biggest difference for your, um, I guess, what you did last year as opposed to in 2022? Was it as, as simple as you being healthier? Yeah, for, uh, not really. You know, for me, I was healthy in 22, but mechanically I reworked my swing kind of from the ground up last offseason. Um, gave myself mechanics that I was able to be confident in, um, which then lends itself to every day I show up to the field, I, I trust what I'm doing, trust my process. I'm able to flush stuff a lot quicker um, and turn the page. You know, it's, I'm kind of starting to come into the player that I always knew I could be. You know, Bailey, last year you and Ryan both uh, participated and helped out Joe Maurer in a, in a give-back campaign with uh, the uh, Gillette Children's Hospital. Yep. Uh, what was both your reactions, I'll start with you, Bailey, when you see Joe get the call to the hall? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that you can kind of see happening before it actually did. Um, but to, for him to be able to have that achievement, it's unbelievable. And just us knowing Joe and spending some time with him, um, he's just a special, special person, as everyone else in, in this room knows. Um, yeah, we were just incredibly happy for him and his family. Ryan? Yeah, for me, you know, I was back up here this, this offseason for the, the 2023 holiday week giving, and I was sitting down with, with Joe and Justin, and, and we were eating a little bit of lunch, and you could see the excitement. In his, you know, every time we talked about it, you, he didn't want to get his hopes up, but you, you could see it was starting to come to fruition in his mind. And uh, to see – that it did happen, and, and, you know, those childhood dreams of his just kind of all happening at once. Um, it's awesome. You know, it couldn't be for a more well-deserved person. Right. Let our audience take us through a little bit of you come to the ballpark, you're catching, you got Bailey Ober on the mound. What goes into the scouting report, and is it both you two with the dialogue in, in going over the scouting report? Obviously, there's some analytics and information there. But everybody's different. That's one thing cool about a catcher. He's got to have different personalities because every guy on the mound has that different personality, and you've got to be able to relate to different guys. Yeah, you know, pregame, I do my homework. The pitcher does their homework. I have to understand how, what type of homework that pitcher does, what type of information that pitcher wants. Um, so we'll all kind of we'll do our own separate homework, and then we'll kind of come together and have a meeting pregame to kind of go over the hitters, go over what they found, what I found, what the pitching coach found, um, just to kind of compile everybody's ideas and, and come out at the end of that meeting with a, with a really good game plan. Um, and I think everyone having input in that meeting kind of helps really sharpen up what comes out in the game plan that we use. Do you have to go, agree with what you might have in front of you or you might disagree with, how they're asking you to pitch a particular hitter that you or you might feel that uh, there's more success going this way? I think we have to learn. Like, my job is to, to guide the pitcher to the right spot. It's not to tell them what the right spot is. It's to try and lead them to, lead them to water. You know, that's, uh, there's different personalities. Some pitchers I can say, hey, no, that's – I don't know what you, where you found that at, where you saw that information, but maybe this is a better way to go. Other pitchers, Sonny Gray, for example, you kind of got to take some of that with like, okay, Sonny knows what he's doing. This is how he wants to pitch. Whether the paper says it's the right way or not, Sonny, if he's convicted and the pitcher goes out there and trusts what they're doing, 
then they're going to be good. And, and you've got to learn that balance. How about a Pablo Lopez? He does a lot of homework. Um, he actually he likes to, to be the lead voice in his meetings a little bit more. Um, some pitchers like to kind of start off with what they found and then have me chime in after that. Some pitchers like to have me chime in first and then they chime in after. Um, again, it just goes to kind of what their preferences are, and it's my job to know that. Joe Ryan. <laughs> everyone. Dude, dude, just everyone. The Joe, whole, the whole uh, staff. Clean it up. Joe is great. Joe, you, he, the thing about Joe is he's come a long way since he debuted. Uh, when he debuted, you, it was the, the same person you see off the field, that lucky, that loose, go lucky person. Um, and I'm not, not saying that he didn't prepare, but I don't think you really knew how to prepare with all the numbers and everything. He's come, he's, he gets really in-depth, and he's learned a lot from guys like Sonny and seeing how, how they sit down and go through all their work. Um, Kenta was the hard one. You know, his notes were in Japanese. My notes were in English. Um, but he, he would sit down in front of a computer for a long time and go through and, and look at every swing that he can find and come up with a plan. Um, Bailey's pretty easy. It's kind of, he's kind of like Pablo in where it's, it's, they know what they want to do. It's, it's let's just have a quick, easy conversation. Um, and that, that makes my job easier. Bailey, you had a good year last year. Um, clearly this year you're going to expect more out of yourself. How do you see your, your role maybe expanding? Yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of plan on attacking just how I did last year, and hopefully I can stay healthy, and that's the main goal, really. Um, just go out there and pitch every day that they ask me to, try to go as deep as I can in the games, and hopefully get the, the inning count up and hopefully help this, help this team make the playoffs and make a push deep in there. And is it true that in high school one of your teammates was Garrett Bradbury? Yeah, Garrett was my Vikings? Yeah, Garrett was my catcher in high school. Okay. So, and now he's the center for the Vikings up here. And it sounds like you're an avid golfer. Yeah, I like to play a little bit. I try to get out there whenever I can. It's a little more difficult now with four kids, but I try to get out there as much as I can and enjoy being outside. Have you seen him play, Ryan? Can he golf? I'm not a golfer. Oh, you're not a golfer. I'm not a golfer. So Those got to be some long golf clubs though. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, yeah, you got a, almost two inches on them. You know, I, somebody told me, do I golf? Yeah, I go out there and I take the, how many empty beer cans I have in my golf cart. <laughs> I take those off my score, so I shoot pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so I guess what was your, your favorite part of the offseason? Anything, you, you brought up your family, your kids. What, what was, is there anything that stood out about your offseason? Was there a trip, anything that you guys did specifically? Yeah, just spending a lot of family time. Me and my wife got to go take some, a couple trips up to the mountains in North Carolina. We would, recently just went down to our school. Um, I had my number retired onto the wall down there at Congratulations. the baseball field. So that was pretty special. Um, but, yeah, it was just a great time hanging out with family. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, for me, it's, it's the off season. You know, the season is so busy and so repetitive day in and day out, and you don't get that opportunity to really spend time with your family. So the off season, you, you try and set aside – a lot of time for family. Um, we got an 18-month-old daughter, so it's, she's keeping us pretty busy, um, and and just really spending quality time with them. Anything else, Dan? Uh, I just, you know, going into spring training, and you talked about tweaking your swing. I remember talking to you a little bit last year, and how you left it quiet. You had quiet hands, flat on the back, on on your shoulder, and kind of raised it up a little bit, tweaking it again because hitters, you know, always are changing and, and messing with their swing a little bit. Only oh, they're trying to improve it or feel uncomfortable uh, or not having success. Uh, what are you working on now? 
I'm not tweaking it again. Okay. Um, <laughs> what worked last year worked pretty well. Yes. Um, so we're trying to just continue to build on the consistency of that move. Um, and if there is any areas of improvement in that air swing, it will be small now. You know, the building blocks, the foundation is there. Um, so if, it, if there is any tweak here, tweak there, it's not going to be very noticeable. Uh, I don't know. what Joe Ryan, I'm not sure. He went through a stretch there. That first pitch of the game, it left the ballpark. Were you behind the plate when, when a lot of that was going on? For a couple. For a couple. But it, it seemed like it was repetitive. Like there was a scouting report, first pitch, fastball. Uh, is that a pattern that you try to stay away from? No, Joe, one thing that Joe does extremely well is he throws a lot of strikes. He fills the strike zone yeah, yeah. up, and teams know that. So teams are – the only downside of throwing a lot of strikes is teams might start ambushing. They might just start swinging first pitch no matter what, knowing that they're probably going to get a strike. Um, it's a learning experience for everybody. You know, it's, it's we can be better as a catcher. We can game plan a little bit better for that. And at the end of the day, you know, solo homers aren't going to hurt you. It, it, it's the, the extra base hits and the, the, the two-run, three-run homers that at the end of the day will get you. So letting up a solo homer, is, it sucks, but it is what it is sometimes. I just remember the look on Joe's face. When he went through that, a couple games. Uh, you feel bad for him, but yeah, you do. Ugh. Yeah, hey guys, you guys were a big uh, part of the success last season. I look forward to seeing you guys this coming season as well. Bailey Ober, Ryan Jeffers, everybody. Thank you. More of Thanks, Twins guys. Fest 2024 broadcasting live from Target Field right here on the Good Neighbor News Talk 830 WCCO. All right, welcome back to Twins Fest 2024 here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Henry Lake alongside Dan Gladden, the Twins Hall of Famer and two-time World Series champion here on the stage. And we are eagerly awaiting our next twin. So we'll see what happens here in the next couple of minutes. But I see Danny. Are you going through – is he going through a pack of cards? Did you guys just reveal, like, are you going this through a This kid here brought pack? me uh, – he What's brought me cards here? last year and had me open up a, and I yelled at him because there was no bubble gum in it. Well, this, okay. time, this time there was bubble gum, and then there was also no Dan Gladden card. Oh. What, what year is the pack? 90, 1990. 1990, okay. But I, I know I played a lot against these guys. There's, uh, thought I had, there's Paul Molitor. Really? And I, and I wish he was here because he has a glove on. So this, <laughs> must, this must have been spring training. <laughs> yeah. He didn't play with a glove. There's Lance Parrish. Uh, I don't know who that is. Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy. Yeah. Used to watch him on TBS. There's uh, supposed to be Josh Bell, isn't there? Joey Bell? Huh. Okay. Benny Santiago and Clay Parker. Other than that, no. Now I'm thinking back when I was a kid. I used to go to Shinders. How many people used to go to Shinders back in the day? Used to, man, I used to go hang out in Shinders all the time. Yeah, Every single Shinders. There wasn't a Shinders that I didn't go to. So Danny, he's like taking us way back in the day. Uh, real quick, at the top of the hour, right about 10 after, 308 or so, we're going to have Carlos Correa is going to be on the stage. So he'll be up right at the top of the hour. So Danny's doing autographs here, and we're hoping to uh, – at some point, maybe see Josh Stama, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. Danny, do you, do you have any, uh, how many baseball cards of yours do you have? Don't interrupt my autograph. 
How many autograph? What? How, how many? How many of your own cards do you have? Oh, I bet you I've got. Uh, I've got my own cards. Every one probably made, but uh, mm-hmm. you know it's neat to come through the line here, and they hand out some of the cards and ask you to sign it. And some cards are better than others. My giant rookie card. Uh, when you go to spring training, the photographers that are hired to take pictures of you, they ask you to stand there and give a pose. And back then, guys would kneel down. They would do it, you know, like Paul Molitor, pretend like he's fielding a ground ball. You know, you would pose for this. And I did a still shot, and I didn't like the card. So ever since then, I said, if you want a picture of me, get me an action shot. They go, well, Danny, we don't want to stick around because you might not give us any action. <laughs> so I said, hey, hang with them. But uh, if you look at most of my, my cards, uh, a lot of them, if not the majority of them, are all action shots. And they just seem to come out a little bit better. And they do have some poor swings in some of them, check swings, swing and misses. So they're not all, all that good. I will say this. I, I've never told you this, but I'll tell you it now. You are involved in a part of one of the, the biggest sports joys that I've ever had in my life. So back in 1991, I was a freshman at Morehouse College, which is based in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, there was a, a big-time series that was taking place between the Twins and the Atlanta Braves. And so I remember how that freshman year, it was the biggest class of Minnesotans that we had at Morehouse. It was like six or seven of us. And so, of course, when the Twins are leading the series, oh, man, no one wanted to say a word to us. But then when the Braves go up in the series, everybody's piling on and taking shots at the Minnesota guys, right? Well, after game seven and we have our Homer hankies and you guys win that game, life was good, man. So thank you. Yes, thank you. yes. Thank you. It was good for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> How many people were there in 91? Okay. I got to tell you, the, the 91, you get to go to the White House. We got time? No, we got time. Go ahead. So you get to go to the White House after that. In 87, we got to go to the White House. I think Ronald Reagan was the president then. This was Bush now. So we went out the night before, a bunch of the players, and went to a Rod Stewart concert. And, boy, Danny didn't get home till like, 5 in the morning. <laughs> and I told my wife, I go, just let me lay my head down just for 15, 20 minutes. Boy, we woke up, and the twins were at the White House. <laughs> and I go, oh, I missed that flight. <laughs> but it was also the night that when they, it was the last plane to land in the Twin Cities when they had that historic snowstorm. Mm. So gotcha. Gotcha. that's my 91 celebration. I did make the parade. Yeah, I got you. All right, Dan Gladden, my name is Henry Lake, Twins Fest 2024. We'll take our top of the hour break here on News Talk 830 WCCO. But coming up next, we got Carlos Correa joining us here on the show. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 